Welcome to Healthy Choices with your host, Ray Solano from Austin, Texas. We're ready for your calls right now. Call in toll-free at 877-956-9566. Now, here's your host, Ray Solano. Well, good afternoon, and welcome to Healthy Choices XM as we're broadcasting from Dallas, Texas today at the International Symposium on Fungal Metabolic Treatments. This sounds complicated, but actually, we're sharing the most advanced treatments for mold toxicity at this conference today. I'm your host, Ray Solano, clinical pharmacist and clinical nutritionist. We're ready to answer your calls today at 877-956-9566. On today's topic or anything else you want to talk about today, but we're specifically going to address the condition of mold toxicity, mold has the ability to release toxins, and these mold toxins can be very dangerous to the body. This is a very misunderstood condition that can cause chronic illness that includes fatigue and even possible loss of mobility of joints and a a whole host of chronic conditions that can be very debilitating to many people. Our phone number to uh, to call us is 877-956-9566. As always... You can text us at 512-219-0724 anytime during the show or during our podcast. We will take this call as well. Our show today is sponsored by PD Labs, Prescription Dispensing Labs, nationally licensed specialty pharmacy focusing on research-based pharmaceuticals. Check out our website, pdlabsrx.com. And also our co-sponsor for today's show is Hopkinton Drugs, Compounding and Wellness, nationally licensed pharmacy specializing on formulations for toxic mold and Lyme disease. Check out their website, rxandhealth.com. Our show today is, you know, topic is common sense approach to mold toxicity. And joining us in a minute is Jackie Meinhardt. Jackie is a nationally recognized board certified family nurse practitioner and a master's of science in health studies and recently accepted to the George Washington Medical School PhD program. Our phone number today is 877-956-9566. As always, you can always stream, listen to our our show on our website, healthychoicesxm.com. You can stream from our, our website for any of our listeners. Jackie, welcome to Healthy Choices today. Hey, Ray. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, thank we're, you for we're having down. me today. Well, we thank you for taking your time out on this Saturday to get the word out, because I know that's what you do. You're dedicated to your your patients and, and the work that you're doing. And, you know, we have both have attended many conferences, and you have been doing a lot of training. And we see a, a really increased amount of complexity, uh, protocols and testing proposed in an attempt to help this ever-growing population of people that are suffering from mold toxicity. We've made, you know, we've made treatments of maybe uh, toxic mold, maybe too complicated. You have taken some real back-to-basics approach to surviving the toxins from mold exposure, and maybe you can review that for our listeners today. Absolutely. Um Treating patients who have been exposed to um, different types of biotoxins and 
there's a known, about 30 known biotoxins out there um, that we fully understand, or not even fully, but we appreciate at this moment. Um, and being able to identify the toxin is important, um, and being able to um, help the patient um, identify the symptoms related to the toxic exposure is very important. Um, but not just that, it's, it's educating providers um, really to talk about um, the different types of symptoms and exposures that people will have. Um, it's very important to get back down to basics um, and help patients and providers understand about the disease process. Uh, that's right, because some some of the patients that we've talked to and ones as well, they just it becomes so overwhelming the protocols for treatments that many times they don't want to seek any treatments at all, right? And then unfortunately they suffer. But there's some really simple steps that you can do uh, to get started. And this is something I think that you've, you've told us before on our show, and maybe you can uh, review that to, with our uh, listeners as well. Absolutely. So, again, um, when patients come into our clinic at the Virginia Center for Health and Wellness in Aldi, Virginia, um, we, we get patients who come in from all over the country who say, you know, the predominant uh, symptom, if you will, pre presenting symptom is going to be fatigue. And they um, have fatigue. They often have executive functioning issues, um, mi migratory pain, um, so pain that moves throughout their body. Um, and it's really making sense of the disease process, um, again, because many of these people have seen doctors for number many different doctors over a course of many different years, many uh, many years, um, you know, in being able to break down the disease process for the patient, first of all, and identify that they meet criteria for chronic inflammatory response syndrome, but then also being able to explain the disease process to them. Um, it's very important in our practice that patients understand what's going on um, because they need to, right? This is right, um, right. This is something that they're going to be dealing with because of the genetic um, predisposition that the patients have. This is something that they're going to be dealing with, um, you know, for, for a long time. Um, and having that dynamic relationship with the patient is so very important in any part of medicine, um, you know, that we practice. We need to make sure the patients understand and feel comfortable, right, that we know that they're understanding what we're saying. Because if they don't understand what we're saying, you know, right. we need to find another way to communicate. So um, getting down to basics is always important in being able to identify, um, you know, the patients, do they meet criteria for chronic inflammatory response syndrome, number one, um, and then reviewing their blood work and being able to identify these symptom, symptom clusters with patients um, and then, you know, begin to start treatment. Um, and treatment is, you know, can be a, very long process. Um, sometimes it's shorter, you know, nine to 18 months, but sometimes it can be longer. And, you know, helping the patients identify how to get better um, and what they need to do, you know, certainly helps in the process. Exactly. And many times people have this all their life and they're just really looking for answers. Some people uh, just really can't function at all. And Jackie, we've got a caller, uh, Daniel. Welcome to Healthy Choices XM. How can we help you today? Yeah, thank you for taking my call. I'm on a Bluetooth, and I just want to make sure you can hear me, okay? We can. If we drop out, you may have to call back, but we can hear you fine. 
Okay, I'm 47 years old, and I believe my symptoms go back to somewhere around age 9 or 10. I grew up in a moldy house pretty much my whole life. I was diagnosed for seven years. I was diagnosed by... Yeah, I was diagnosed by Dr. Shoemaker about four years ago with mold exposure. And I just have one thing to share, and then I'll hang up. The most important thing about this mold exposure is avoidance. Getting out of your house as quick as possible, leaving all your possessions behind, getting a new start, making a clean break that way, getting rid of your clothes, everything. It's the only way, in my opinion... After that is done, then you can add things like binders and things like that. But while you're being exposed living in your house, it's pointless to take cholesteramine or charcoal or anything like that. And I just wanted to see what's your opinion about avoidance being the number one start to treating mold exposure. Well, Daniel, I think you you read our mind, and we appreciate you sharing that with our listeners. Because uh, Jackie and I just almost had the same conversation about a couple a couple hours ago, right, Jackie? We sure did, Daniel. Thank you for calling, and I I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Um, and this is something that I spoke to Ray about earlier, but this is probably something I talk about with every single patient in some capacity every day at work. Um, and even when I'm not at work, I'm always working. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm always talking to somebody about what we do. Um, and, and I appreciate that, Daniel. So thank you for calling. Um, mold avoidance is, is something that is very important. Unfortunately, some people can't avoid it, right? They have to go to work. Right. Um, they, have to, they, they have to have somewhere to live, right? So, and that's a very... Um, that's a big deal for me, you know, as a provider, because I am here um, to help guide the patient, right? We are, we are on a journey together, if you will, um, in, a certain, in a certain respect. Um, and people need to live where they are at that time, and I have to meet them there. So, yes, I have some patients who leave everything behind, and they go somewhere, quote, unquote, clean, Right. Um, then I have people who say, you know, Jackie, I can't, I can't do that. So I have to meet them where they are and we do the best we can at that moment. And yes, do we see people get better in both situations? We do. We do see people improve, right? There's no cure, unfortunately. I would never use that word, um, with a patient. Can people go into remission and have resolution of symptom clusters? Absolutely. Um, and I've seen it happen in, diff- in both of those populations um, if the affecting biotoxin is a mold exposure, right? So right. Just don't forget there's other potential exposures that can cause these types of system clusters and innate immune system uh, disruption, right? Um, and one of the things that Dr. Shoemaker, who is so brilliant, talks about, um, and one of the things that I'm working with, um, all of our, the certified uh, physicians and nurse practitioners are working with him on right now is proteomics and transcriptomics, which is looking at specifically the up or down regulation of proteins in relationship to the transcription of the genes, right? So we're looking at the um, very high level, if you will, looking at very 
uh, the genetic component of this disease process of that 20% of the population, about 40 million people who have that HLA um, allele. Again, an allele, genetics is who you are. I can't change that, right? There's nothing a provider can do to change that. So we have to meet you where you are to help you live the best life that you can live, right? And while I do appreciate mold avoidance and I applaud people who can do it, but there also are some people who just can't. They can't leave because they have kids. They can't live in a tent because of something. Although I have people who get tents and move into their backyard. And if that's something people can do here in Loudoun County, I don't always recommend that because we are epicenter for Lyme disease here in Loudoun County, Virginia. Um, you know, that's, you, there's, there's always something that people have to worry about, or they work in buildings. You know, um, the uh, um, Government Accountability Office has said more than 50% of buildings have mold. People need to work, um, and I appreciate that. So while I do um, advise my patients mold avoidance, um, it's not always feasible in every situation. You know, you know Jackie, I have we... another question. Sure. Go ahead, Daniel. Yeah. What do you think about someday there'll be a treatment to change somebody's genetics or stem cell? Um, that's a great question, Daniel. And I know that there are some very, very bright people working on that. Um, and I, I, I can't comment in the middle of the, the research process. Um, I, I can't, you know, I can't comment. So, so... But so, so but it yes, sounds like people the, the, are there's looking hope. at that. What'd you say? I said it sounds like there's hope out there, and I think that's that's important. I'm sorry, Jackie, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Go ahead. No, no, I, I just, you know, like I said, the people are working on it. Uh, did you have some uh, additional information for Daniel? I don't. Okay. Not that I can share. Okay, well, good. Well, Daniel, just to stay tuned. I'm glad you're listening to Healthy Choices XM because this is what our show's about is getting on the cutting edge of solutions to many of these very, very serious health uh, issues. And that's what our show's about is giving you choices in your health care. And, and Daniel and other listeners out there, this is, uh, we want to make sure people understand this service that they have and they can be able to tune in at any time or listen to our website, healthychoicesxm.com. And and one of the, as an additional comment to that, uh, uh, Daniel, I think he just uh, signed off. But what we saw today at the conference, uh, Jackie, was a video of, and you've probably seen this many times as well, was a patient that was living in uh, in North Carolina and had to move to the, and showed a picture of how debilitating it was, can barely walk, was in a wheelchair for two years moved to the beach where there's zero mold and there was zero mold uh, spores and showed a vibrant person in his 50s, got his life back. And the, just the visual response of the person just walking and just enjoying life was night and day. So it goes to exactly what you just talked about. If you can get out of that environment and leave everything behind, it's amazing how much that can transform your life. Jackie, you there? Yes, I'm right here. I'm so- oh, okay, you're good. I, 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 I dropped out for a second. It's just amazing, how, like, like you said, that that can just drop, that can make an amazing difference on your life, just the basics of changing your environment, if, if you can. Uh, 
Yes, like you said. absolutely. And one of the things that I recommend um, to Daniel, if he has been diagnosed with CIRS, if he meets criteria, or he did, he said he did it with Dr. Shoemaker, um, and other patients, you know, always going back to my, you know, the handy visual contrast test. Again, um, it is a test uh, testing second cranial nerve, which is the optic nerve, um, looking at contrast sensitivity. So not can you see it, acuity, if you will, but can you identify the white to black and the shades of gray in between contrast? Um, and that's really important when it comes to um, neuroinflammation. Um, and that is a hallmark of this disease process, um, being able to identify when the patient's being exposed um, and when the, um, the neuroinflammation has decreased. So that visual contrast test is something I always have people, um, patients, you know, have it handy so that when they feel an uptick in their fatigue, when, you know, if I get, when we've moved them to get better, right, and they pass that visual contrast test, always have it handy because that is a very um, clear and, you know, uh, very quick identifier of different types of exposures. If you're failing it, um, there's something going on and we need to, you know, we need to discuss it, um, you know, to get that patient better. You know, also, what we, what we find is that for these patients to get better, like you said, the visual contrast test, I had a, somebody just texted us, how do we administer that or go to find the visual contrast test? That's on a website. It's also on the survivingmold.com website. Uh, do you have another source for our listeners, Jackie? Well, there's actually, um, believe it or not, it started out as a paper copy. So, we, you know, many providers may have it in their office. Um, where I actually self-administer it to patients um, if I need to. So you can do it online. You can do it um, in a doctor's office. Um, you know, and there's multiple websites online right now that you could do it. You know, you can do it, not just your website or um, survivingmold.com, but there's also other websites out there. Very, very inexpensive, very easy to do. That's a, probably a good first step. Absolutely. And again, if you're failing it, you know you have a 92% confidence that you have been exposed to a certain type of mold. That's pretty good. I don't think there's any other test out there that's that inexpensive and that conclusive. So that that's, uh, it gives people hope that, that are listening today that may have some of these symptoms that we, we spoke about that they may want to try this out. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe we can go through some of the – there's always a lot of confusion about what are some of the symptoms that you may be suffering from mold toxicity. And maybe if you can spend just a few minutes with our uh, listeners, maybe just briefly go over some of those so they may be able to, uh, instead of them suffering, they may be able to get some help. Absolutely. Um, And this is important not just for the patient, but also for the provider, Um, because certainly these these system clusters are something that, um, you know, I saw in my traditional medicine practice when I was in Washington, D.C., um, and I see it now in my integrative medicine practice working with Dr. Andrew Heyman um, and Laura Stone. So these system clusters, um, you have to have at least one symptom in eight of the clusters, um, and these clusters include things like fatigue, generalized weakness, headaches, um, again, those aches and pains, if you will, those muscle aches and those joint pains, um, claw-like, unusual, these claw-like um, uh, muscle contractures, if you will, in your hands or your feet, um, the joint stiffness, especially in the morning, 
and then one of the hallmarks, um, besides from the fatigue, um, and it actually is quite pervasive, is the executive functioning um, and short-term versus long-term memory um, dysfunction with poor concentration, word assimilation, um, word finding, confusion, um, and of course, dis disorientation. So um, besides from the fatigue and the executive functioning issue, one of the things that I see a, uh, almost probably in about 85% of my patients is they will all they will all discuss significant weight gain within a short amount of time. And, you know, when I recall working um, in Washington, D.C., prior to, you know, coming out to work with Dr. Heyman was, you know, I automatically, I, I we think about the endocrine disorders, right? That's what we think about as a provider. And you start doing the testing, but you never fully appreciate the underlying cause of the disease process. Um, and again, looking at chronic inflammatory response syndrome, not just as a syndrome, right, as a system of, um, of these, these symptom clusters, but also as a genetic um, dysregula dysregulation of the innate immune system. So again, looking at a proteomic and a tro uh, transcriptomic um, immune dysregulation, um, it's, it's pretty amazing um, how far we've come in, in understanding this disease process. Um, certainly, there's still, you know, we're still learning every single day, um, you know, but the, those generalized uh, symptoms like fatigue, executive functioning, weight gain, vertigo, tremors, um, changes actually, believe it or not, in taste. So, yeah. And then also the cardiometabolic um, issues. Wow. Oftentimes, um, with severe patients who have been exposed for quite a long time, we'll see cardiopulmonology uh, changes, specifically changes in the right-sided heart pressures, um, leading to right-sided heart failure, um, which is pretty interesting um, and, uh, you know, exquisitely dangerous for patients, again, because they have that um, difficult uh, exercise tolerance, poor exercise tolerance. Um, post-exertional fatigue, they will have swelling in their lower extremities. And again, this, this is a exposure that has led to symptoms, and now the symptoms are leading to additional symptoms and more uh, body systems being affected. Exactly. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM as we're talking to Jackie Meinhardt about some of the complications of mold toxicity. And if you just joined us, you probably said, my goodness, they're going into so much information and this is so, it's so much information, they can't even write it down fast enough. Don't worry about it. It's going to be podcast on our, on our website, healthychoicesxm.com. And, you know, I'm listening to this, uh, Jackie, you know, it's, it's amazing how far everything has come to be able to get some answers that we didn't have 10 years ago. But it's, 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 it's really, it's unfortunate because many of these people are misunderstood. Unfortunately, we get calls from patients in our pharmacy, PD labs, and the people, they're told that, their physician says that this is something that doesn't exist or there's they if unfortunately if it doesn't come from an infectious disease doctor then it's probably not really accurate there's nothing further from the truth it's just really just a matter of misinformation and mistraining wouldn't you agree well you know as far as um you know i infectious disease providers are you know i am not an infectious disease provider i am not um you know, I did not go to school just for that, right? I am a family nurse practitioner. Um, but what I can say 
when we talk about tick-borne vectors, and again, here in Loudoun County being, you know, one of the epicenters, if you will, for tick-borne vectors, um, is looking at the history of the research associated with tick-borne diseases. Um, and, you know, as far as uh, there was a meta-analysis looking over the last 20 years of data published um, in multiple peer-reviewed papers, um, and multiple authors which authors were talking about 89 different authors showed that, you know, the two-tier testing was an average sensitivity of about 33% um, in the clinical samples. So again, we're, there's, there's great room um, for improvement in testing for tick-borne vectors. Um, we're talking about the two-tiered uh, serology, so the Western blot and the ELISA. Right. Uh, well, ja- Jackie, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. sorry to, I have to interrupt you and just hold it there for just a moment. We'll come back after to continue that thought after the break. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM as we're talking to Jackie Meinhardt talking about mold toxicity. We'll be back right after the break.
Let's talk about your healthy choices. We have room for you right now. Toll free at 877-956-9566. Hi, this is Michael from Doctor Inspired Formulations. We're a unique supplement company that offers products specific to the mold and Lyme community. You may have heard of one of our signature products called liposomal artemisinin. If you've been diagnosed with mold illness or Lyme disease, ask your practitioner if one of our products may be right for you. You can check us out at www.doctorinspiredformulations.com. That's with an S. Or contact one of our exclusive resellers, PD Labs, at 512-219-0724 or Hopkinton Drug Compounding and Wellness at 800-439-4441. Welcome back to Healthy Choices XM. As we're discussing some common sense approaches to overcoming the symptoms of mold toxicity. Joining us as a guest today is, uh, is Jackie Meinhart, nationally recognized board-certified NASH nurse practitioner. And before the break, she spoke about, we spoke about the importance of removal of the source of exposure as the first step to getting rid of some of the symptoms for mold toxicity. Sometimes that's a very difficult step, but uh, as we know that this is, is really important to, uh, make sure people don't get re-exposed. Jackie, before the break, when we were talking about why MDs and other practitioners may not be accepting this, this, uh, some of the protocols that we're talking about and some of the, 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 some of the methodologies you developed as, as mainstream, and maybe if you can pick it up for where we left off. Absolutely. Um, I think many providers... Um, you know, and this is something that Dr. Heyman and I talked about in the very beginning. And, you know, Lyme disease and the tick-borne vectors are tricky, right? Um, the testing is not very good. Um, we in the medical community are trying to find new ways of testing for Lyme and the tick-borne vectors. Um, but it is debilitating for patients, um, not only the symptoms of the tick-borne vector, right, whatever it is, Babesia, Bartonella, Lyme. Borrelia, um, alpha-gal, alicia. But treatment is also challenging. Um, and as a provider, you go through, you know, the thought process and you go through the, the differential diagnoses and you go through potential treatments, um, and you're always asking what's the risk versus the benefit. Um, because, of course, the first part of medicine is to do no harm to patients. Um, and that's something that we take very, you know, every provider takes, um, you know, very seriously. Sure, sure. Um, the serology testing uh, for Lyme, the two-tier testing, is is been documented. It's not the most reliable of testing um, as far as uh, specificity and sensitivity. Um, we understand that. In fact, the CDC, um, you know, has has come out and said that, you know, that's not something that we that we disagree, um, but whether you treat the patient with antibiotics or you treat the patient with alternate means, um, different types of treatments, herbals, um, homeopathic products, what have you, um, you know the underlying cause is always going. Or you're always looking at the innate immune system dysregulation, right? So a dysfunction in that innate immune system, whether it be a bacteria, a virus, or a parasitic infection, what have you, or an exposure, 
you're looking at that underlying innate immune system dysfunction in chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So regardless of the underlying cause, and, you know, there are instances where we may never know what the cause is, we still treat the patient if they meet criteria for chronic inflammatory response. Um, and that criteria, again, is looking at different lab analytes, um, looking at the visual contrast test, looking at system clusters, and then also constant monitoring of the patient for improvement. Um, you're listening and that's to, something that we do all the time. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Healthy Choices XM as we're talking with Jackie Meinhardt. Our phone number is 877-956-9566. If you want to call and join us today, or you can text us at 512-219-0724. And check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com. And, and also, uh, Jackie, you know, I'm sorry, you were, you were talking about the innate immune system, how important that is to make sure you understand that is being able to strengthen that is the root cause. Because many of these people, they, they have to be able to mainstream back to life so it's really imp- important that they don't get when they get re-exposed, that they, they just don't go back to ground zero and start the whole process over again, right? That's absolutely correct. Um, but again, what I was mentioning with Dan, um, our caller earlier, is some patients can't, or they don't know they're being exposed. For example, um, you know, anecdotally, we have um, multiple patients who have gotten better. They have been discharged by our practice, and they come back maybe once a year for checkups, their annual check-in, if you will. Um, and it's so great to see them um, on that yearly basis. But there have been a couple times where some of those patients will come back and say, oh, my gosh, I've been exposed. I know because, and they'll list their symptoms, they know to take that visual contrast test. And while they were passing it, they fail it. Um, and and they they can identify. They're actually very um, self-aware to know when they've been exposed. And they know what to do. Um, there are many, um, many good over-the-counter treatments that we use um, that are not prescription-based that they can get started right away. And then they come to us. They look for guidance as far as how to pull them through the protocol, um, if you will. And just because they get re-exposed doesn't mean they have to start over at stage one, right? Again, we're looking at the lab analytes, we're looking at the symptoms, um, and then we're correcting as we as we move through that protocol. Well, Jackie, we've got a caller. Uh, Charles, welcome to Healthy Choices XM. Your phone number is 877-956-9566. Charles, how can we help you today? Okay. Charles, you're on the air. How can we help you? Yes, um, I've been having problems with uh, pain in the pelvic area and lower back, and I do have a little bit of degenerative disc disease, but here's the thing. Um, The pain in my pelvic area around in the back and the sides was getting to where I was hard to walk up steps and and move around, but I also developed an ear infection, and I had some extra amoxicillin left over, so I started taking that, thought it would take care of the ear infection, well, it also started relieving the pain in the pelvic area a tremendous amount to where it's gone. And I've been taking it like three pills a day, like you're supposed to, for about five days. And, uh, and I was wondering, could the pain in the pelvis area be bacterial? And um, 
you know. Now, I went to a orthopedist, and he gave me diclofenac for my back, but I don't take it a lot, yeah, but it does help, you what? know. But I think I got two things going on, you know, sure. the, the lower back problem with the um, degenerative disc disease a little bit. I'm 68 years old, and uh, but the pelvic problem and that pain, pain in my shoulder area and all that seems to be clearing up with the antibiotics. So, so make sure I understand your question, Carlos. You're thinking, you're trying to understand if this, some of the symptoms that you're having may be attributed to mold toxicity. Is there something that you know in your history that you feel that you're sensitive, that, that there's something that's related here? Well, I just, no, I just know that um, I had an MRI done on my back, and, and, uh, and they said that, um, you know, I had some... Uh, uh, bone spur in the lower L5 and uh, some degenerative disc disease, and they gave me diclofenac for that kind of pain. But then I started developing this pelvic pain in the pelvis area in the back and on the side and, uh, and in my left shoulder. And, uh, but I took some amoxicillin for an other problem right. like an earache and and all of a sudden, the pain in my pelvic area and my shoulder is gone. And I'm wondering, could I have been developing some kind of bacterial problem that was causing inflammation in those areas that had nothing to do with my back? Well, Charles, let me ask that question to Jackie. Do you think there's a relation here? Is a causative rela- relation or, or is it uh, it's not related? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, thank you for calling. I really appreciate the question. Um, I think that... To be very open and very transparent is not, uh, I, I would encourage you to go see your provider um, and wh- whoever that orthopedist, the urologist, their primary care provider, who, whatever doctors you have available to you, um, because there's lots of different things that can happen down in that pelvic area, right? Um, and amoxicillin is a fan- fabulous antibiotic um, that I wouldn't just encourage anyone just to take it, right? Even if you have it in your, your bathroom closet, you always want to take it for a specific purpose. Um, because what happens if it's not the right antibiotic or you don't have enough of it, you, you certainly do need to see your primary care provider or your specialist. Um, and you know, maybe do a urine sample or maybe, you know, get a more thorough exam, um, to identify the root cause of that problem. I certainly hope you feel better and get to the bottom of that pain though. That's, you know, that may be related to the back, but it also may not be. Um, and we certainly wouldn't want to miss anything, um, you know, in, in, in there be an infection there. So I would encourage you to one, go see someone. One more question. Would fibromyalgia cause that type of pain in your uh, pelvic area, your shoulder, joint Fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Fibromyalgia can cause pain um, in all areas of the body. So, yes. Yeah. However, um, antibiotics may not take away that pain associated with fibromyalgia. So my point being is that there's lots of different reasons to have pain in the pelvic area, and it's really important that you get a thorough checkup to make sure there's not something where you're missing. Well, Charles, well, I, I hope did. That, I, I went to I the doctor that, two days ago. Yeah, and, and, uh, and uh, did he give any... Any idea of what it could be, but they did give me some more amoxicillin, though. Good. <laughs> well, good. good. 
That's fantastic. Well, I hope it works out. I hope your pain goes away. Well, well, well yeah. Charles, you have to you have to call us back in a couple of weeks and see if we uh, if we've been able to help you and give some more information. But I, we really appreciate you giving us a call today, Charles, and uh, keep yeah, in contact you. with us. Thank you. Okay, you're listening to Healthy Choices XM as we're here to answer all of your questions about your health today. As we were talking about mold toxicity, and we have Jackie Meinhardt, a nationally recognized expert in mold toxicity and treatments and protocols, trying to get to the basics, common sense approach to, as you can been listening to our show today, this is a very complex uh I guess a list of symptoms and also the protocols are very difficult. This is almost an art form as much as a science. And it's really important to have a relationship with a practitioner that's knowledgeable and that's be able to put together the pieces of this puzzle. But at the same time, making some simple approaches that's like we talked about before is avoidance of re-exposure to mold which seems, like you said, seems to be like a, a, a no-brainer, but it's sometimes very difficult uh, today as well. And Jackie, as I just make sure that we, one of our listeners wants to get your contact information, we texted us at 512-219-0724, and they wanted to get your contact information in case they have any further questions. Absolutely. Thank you, Ray. Um, my name is Jackie Meinhardt. I work at the Virginia Center for Health and Wellness, in Aldi, Virginia, and that's A-L-D-I-E, Virginia. Our phone number is 703-327-2434, and our website is www.vc4, the number four, or the letter number four, um, hw.com. Well, Jackie, I just wanted we want to make sure that uh... – uh, that our listeners realize that it's it's important to get some answers and not to suffer because we see people that are completely debilitated. They I mean they can't even they can't even walk, and have, I know you have patients that uh, that come in that haven't been able to function. They've almost lost their businesses. They lost their jobs, and unfortunately, if we get some of the answers early on. A lot of this pain and suffering can probably be eliminated. That's why it's so important. That's what we do our, our, our show about is is to be able to give people choices in their health care. And, and check out our website, healthychoicesxm.com. Also, we we also, uh, Jackie, you know, we've we put together some interesting formulas that have been very helpful in, uh, for patients for chronic fatigue and some of the brain fog that comes, the, the RG3 synapsin has been very helpful for, for patients that you've seen uh, uh, in, in addition to other protocols, vasoactive intestinal peptides. Some of these, these newer uh, remedies have not been around five years ago, but the point of us talking about it today is there, there's a lot of different tools in our toolbox as opposed to just doing nothing. Wouldn't you agree, Jackie? Absolutely. And, you know, oftentimes I get questions from patients and they say, okay, I can do, because don't forget, these people have, um, these patients have executive functioning issues, right? So they say, Jackie, I can't do 10 things a day. You, you have to pare it down. What are the, the main things that I need to worry about? And that is, that's kind of how I start off my treatment is we try to figure out what is within the realm of, 
you know, the capacity of this patient. I mean, honestly, getting to basics, what I know what I want them to do, but what can they realistically do in that four to six weeks until I see them again or eight weeks or what have you. Um, and, you know, you have to meet the patient where they are with what they can do. They know what I want them to do. I give them a very detailed protocol. However, it's breaking it down into simple things. Um, in one of those things that has been fantastic for patients um, is something called RG3 or, like you said, synapsin. Um, I know it as RG3, <laughs> and it's a, it's a fantastic nasal spray that we start patients off on that is vitamins. Um, you know, it is a B12, nicotinamide, and um, a ginseng derivative. Um, which has shown to um, significantly improve cognitive function. So um, it's fantastic. It's something that's easy to do with a nasal spray. So many, you know, patients can do that. Um, and they also have a sublingual tablet, which is very good also sometimes for, you know, patients who don't want to use a nasal spray. You know, many times the patients are very confused. They have, it's sometimes difficult talking with them. And thank God for your patients because uh, you're, you take a lot of time explaining this as others sometimes just 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 run out of time but if they can get some of their cognitive functioning back and be able to get some uh, ability for the brain fog they can be able to listen to some of the choices they have to make and be able to like you said well I can only do this much I only can do this much but allows them the patients to be able to understand it because sometimes they are just so uh, inability to make any decision at all, it's just important to make that first step. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I can't tell you how delighted I am when patients come in to see me. And they, they, we do, you know, symptom check-ins with each visit. And, you know, they come in and they say, you know, I, I've never, I've, I've, I've never felt worse. This is the lowest point I've ever been, you know, when I see them the first time. And then subsequently, the next couple of visits, they'll say, you know, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better, but gosh, I feel so, I feel so bad. And I look at them and I say, well, this is what you were the first day I met you. And they look at me and they say, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. I forgot That's I had right. that symptom, right? So we're moving that, we're moving that, um, that target, right? Every visit we have, we move that target a little bit, you know, farther down the line. And, and patients forget, right, because every day is a new day and every day is a chance to have a new normal, right, whatever that normal is for the patient. And it's always keeping the eye on the prize, getting the symptoms down, getting the blood work to normalize, and then ultimately looking at that proteomic and transcriptomic, um, you know, changes that happen, that immune dysregulation. That's ultimately where my eyes are, um, but getting that patient to that point where they can actually do it, um, you know, it, it's fantastic when people come in, they say, oh, my gosh, I'm feeling so much better. And then, you know, being able to share in their excitement um, as a provider, there's nothing better. But it's always good for patients that are having these conditions to be a good patient, right? They have to be active as an active patient because, you know, your time is is limited. And it, I think it's one of the things that we, we, we realize is that, uh, they have to take some of the responsibility for themselves. They have to be able to listen to some of the education that they have to come, they have to do. And it's you can't really spoon feed them because it's just just not not enough of you to go around. Uh, and they have to have patience. Sometimes it's uh, not not everybody gets back to everybody immediately. 
because this is not a, a seven day a week uh, uh, practice. People have to have their lives as well. So we 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 educate p- patients that, you know, they have to uh, be good patients and listen, right? You know, I do. I, I agree with you. Um, yes, people have to be engaged, right? You have to have patient engagement. At the same time, um, you know, I get it. People uh, people have a difficult time. You know, our patients are 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 very sick. They do not feel well. Uh, right. They've seen multiple doctors and they've been turned away or the treatments aren't working for them. The traditional treatments aren't working for them. So by the time I see them, you know, patients feel pretty bad. Um, and being able to spend time with them and educating them about why I'm asking them to do something, I think is very, very important. Um, because if they start to understand why I'm asking them to do it every day you need to do this even if it's just one thing um, and one of my most famous sayings to patients is none of this that I do is going to do you a darn bit of good if it's sitting on your countertop you have <laughs> to take it like I can give you I can give you the world you know in treatment but none of it's going to help you right that's so right I'm going to tell you what I want you to do for these next four weeks and you need to do and it's and sometimes I have one page. I have a couple patients actually that I only do one thing every month. We change it just one thing because that's all they can do. And I know they're getting better when they say, "Okay, give me two things a month this month." Okay, give me three things this month, and I'm like, "Okay, you know." And we'll talk about it. Okay, what you know? What do you? What do you think you can do? Like, what? What's the maximum? Now, of course, they're also some of my sickest patients are also seeing other providers. Again, many of them are cardiac patients. Again, because of that right-sided cardiac pressure change, right? The um, uh, cardiopulmonary metabolic issues, right? They have weight gain. They've got other comorbidic conditions that you're dealing with. So they're not just dealing with me, that I am actually working with um, their specialists. I, I love working with their other providers and educating the other providers about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, mostly with rheumatologists and with cardiologists is who I'm working with. And I spend most of my time on the phone with, with those providers. Um, again, because that's the pain, right? That's the, the cardiac risk. We're looking at patients with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, POTS or EDS. And these are very sick patients um, and they need a lot of, they need a lot of TLC. They need a lot of tender care. So Um, I'm happy to be able to work with the specialists and work with the patients, um, you know, every chance I get. Well, Jackie, maybe in our closing moments, we can uh, do a little bit of a plug for your your center because you have a number of skilled practitioners there at at your center. It's growing Uh, leaps and browns. We get new practitioners every day. Maybe if you can just share a little bit about the the uh, the center for our listeners. Absolutely. It's the Virginia Center for Health and Wellness in Aldi, Virginia. Um, Our phone number is 703-327-2434. It's myself, I'm a nurse practitioner. I work with Dr. Andrew Heyman, um, who is a medical physician, Dr. Laura Stone, also a medical physician, and James Yang, um, uh, and Dr. Amy Lazzarini. Um, We all treat similar patients, uh, we all treat the same patient population, um, and uh, you know, we all work together collaboratively, if you will, and um, we love working with other providers um, 
you know, we, we work with other specialists in the country. So, yep. Well, it's always, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to work with you. And the answer is usually yes. We'll see what we can do and get back to you. So we really appreciate the time today. And again, uh, we wanted to thank uh, for all of our listeners today on Healthy Choices XM and, and Jack, we appreciate you being on the show. We're hopefully to have you back on again. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. You're listening to Jackie Meinhardt from the Virginia Center of Health and Wellness. And check out our website, HealthyChoicesXM.com, for our podcast and for of our show and all the any of the products that we listed in our website, HealthyChoicesXM.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of Healthy Choices XM, and we're going to have Dr. Anthony Capasso back on talking about some of the ketogenic uh, programs that he's put together. We'll be back next week on Healthy Choices XM. Have a great week.